Hey everyone, welcome to Christ Community Church Online. Thanks for joining us for service this weekend. I'm Andy. And I'm Ryan, and we are so excited to be hosting today's service. First of all, if you are watching this during our online weekend service, be sure to use our chat feature and say a quick hello to our host and let us know that you're here. Yes, even though we're your on-camera hosts, we have amazing people monitoring our chat right now. The chat feature is a great tool to connect and engage with other viewers while watching the service. Hey, we have a discipleship class that focuses on the Gospel of John coming up soon. That's right. This class will be taught by Larry Schmidt and is held every Sunday starting next weekend, October 4th at 1010 a.m. in room 200 and online via Zoom. We can have up to 16 people in person. Otherwise, we can have an unlimited number of people on Zoom, too. 
And don't worry, the materials for this class allow for anybody to drop in, meaning you can come to any session and you won't feel like you're left behind or missing any info in the class. Want to sign up? Just go to the events page on our website and you'll find the link to register for the class right there. Hey families, did you know that Kids City has been open for walkers to pre-K for a couple weeks now? That's right. We have Kid City open for our Saturday 5.30 service and Sunday 9 a.m. service. And now we are opening up to our K through 5th grade next weekend on October 3rd and 4th. But we need your help, though. In order for all age groups to be open with two adults per room, we need more volunteers. And if you'd like to help us out, be sure to email Shayla at spaskey at cccrochester.org. As we get ready to worship, we invite you to take this opportunity to stand to your feet and worship our King. Yes, let's put our hands together and lift our voices in praise to the Lord our God.
just so thankful for this moment that we're able to spend in your presence and lifting your name, God, because we know that you are so good and so faithful that we are able to go through our lives and we're able to, to lay down our fears and our anxieties at your feet because we know that the battle belongs to you, that we don't have to put those burdens on our own backs because you are with us every step of the way, God, and we are so thankful for that. God, we th you're so good. We're so thankful for your goodness, God, and we continue to worship you today. You're going into your word, Father. So as we go into your word, I pray that you just focus our minds and our hearts onto you, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Welcome back. And for those of you just now tuning in, I'm Andy. And I'm Ryan. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today online. Part of Christ Community Church's DNA is sending and supporting missions around the world to live out our mission of restoring our broken world through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you can join us in this and worship through your giving. We invite you to take this opportunity to click the give link on your screen. We are grateful for your generosity and partnership with us. If you're new to joining us, thank you for tuning into our online church experience today. We are so thrilled to welcome you to our church, and we invite you to take this moment to fill out our online connection card. It's a simple and great way for us to help you get connected here at CCC. You can click the connect link on your screen or in the Facebook post, or you can click the live prayer button and one of our service hosts would be happy to get connected to you that way too. We are continuing to pray for each and every one of you, and we would love to join with you today in lifting up your specific needs and praises. And we can be confident that God hears us when we come before him. If you would like prayer at any time during the service, our hosts are available on our streaming service through the live prayer feature. There are many opportunities to receive prayer throughout the week, too. You can check these out in the prayer section of our website. Hey, thanks again so much for tuning into Christ Community Church Online. Now, here's the message from Daryl. Hey, Christ community, happy last weekend in September. We've made it through the month of September. We've also made it to the last week of our series on prayer. It's been a really good series for me. I hope it's been a really good series for you too, helpful, beneficial, encouraging for you to take next steps in your prayer journey. Today, what we're gonna be talking about 
is something that makes many of us uh, tense, a little nervous sometimes, uh, even scared. And so on that note, I have some mildly entertaining statements for you about people being afraid. These are so bad, it's hard to call them jokes. But I read this week about a guy who developed a fear of elevators. He's taking steps to avoid them. About a guy who was afraid of giants. He said he has fee-fi-phobia. Yeah, I know. Um, And this one's for real. This is a real phobia, hippopotamonstros-equipped aliophobia, and it is the fear of long words. That's a real thing. And now that thing that makes many of us tense up and tighten uh, is praying together, talking with God, with other people around where you're talking out loud and they can hear what you're saying and then they're talking out loud and you can hear what they're saying. And if just the thought of that gives you the heebie-jeebies, then this message is for you. Or maybe that doesn't cause you so much concern on the inside. The thought of praying with other people doesn't, doesn't cause you to tense or tighten up, but it's not really that important to you. I mean, you you're fine if it happens, you can take it, you can leave it. It doesn't happen very often in your life because it's not that important to you. What we're gonna talk about today is important and it's gonna be helpful for you too. And for the group of us who are all in on praying together and you're like, you're excited I'm talking about this and you have a group of people that you pray with regularly and, and you're for it uh, in a lot of ways in your life, you prioritize that this message is for you too. So I want to start by reading a scripture. This is a statement that Jesus made to his first followers. It's recorded for us in Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 and 20. And he said to them, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. And we're going to explore this verse together here in just a couple of minutes. But Jesus is calling his followers to pray, not just by themselves, not in the quiet of their own room or the quietness of their own heart, not not to pray just by themselves, but to be praying together. And evidently they got it. Because as you make your way through the scriptures, some of the things that Jesus taught and then the way his followers lived it out in those first decades after he went back to heaven they caught this idea of praying together. And so if you just let me just kind of take you on a little tour through the scriptures that emphasize for us that this praying together is an important thing. As Luke chapter 11 is where we started our series. Um, it's the model prayer where Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. We didn't point it out in that first message, but I want you to see today, if you go back and look through that model prayer, there's four verses there and nine times in those four verses, Jesus teaches his disciples to pray with plural, with we, our, us. And, and it's a prayer that is not just a prayer for the individual, it's a prayer for the community as a whole. And so he set this model out there that is for us to pray together. And if you move forward into the life of the early church in Acts chapter one, Starting in verse 12, after Jesus had gone back to heaven, it says that his followers gathered to wait and pray. They didn't separate. They didn't go to their own places, to their own homes to wait and pray. Instead, they gathered to wait and pray. In Acts chapter 2, the qualities of that first church, they were devoted to worship, to the teaching of the apostles, to fellowship, to breaking bread, and to prayer. 
It was one of the things that they were committed to in, in the corporate gathering. In Acts chapter four, after the first persecution shows up on the scenes, the, the religious leaders there in the nation of Israel were telling people, no longer are you to speak in Jesus's name. The first persecution happens and they gathered together for prayer. And that's in Acts chapter four, verse 31, gives a report there. It's a really fun little report. They gathered together. They prayed for boldness in the face of persecution. And the place where they had gathered together to pray, the scripture tells us the place was shaken. And then in Acts chapter 12, Peter was in prison. Apostle Peter had been thrown in prison. The church gathered and they together were earnestly praying for him. In Acts chapter 13, the church was together worshiping and fasting when the Holy Spirit actually spoke to that gathered group and called the first Christian missionaries that were sent out from the church. And so Jesus set this expectation for people who follow after him to pray together and it just became a normal part of their life. And actually, if you read, not just through the book of Acts and the early church records in the scriptures, but if you read through the history of the early church, if you read historical accounts, what we learn is that praying together really is the norm for Christian people. This is something that Christian people have done throughout the centuries around different parts of the world. And it's only recently that praying together has become a thing that is a little more unusual and a little more uncomfortable, and it's mostly in the West. And, and so we're kind of unique as the American church, the 20th and 21st century American church. We're kind of unique in the history of the church where, where it's, a, it's a strange or uncomfortable or unfamiliar thing for us to pray together. But that's the culture that we live in today. It's the culture many of us were raised in. And so to say that, that it's uncomfortable and that's unique, it, that doesn't mean it's still, it, I mean, it still is. It's uncomfortable for us to be people of prayer and so who pray together. So what I wanna do is explore this discomfort that we have for a couple of minutes and see if maybe we can identify some places that that springs from in our heart. And then I wanna show you some things from the Bible that I hope will encourage you to walk into that discomfort and to walk through it. And then I'm gonna offer you some possible next steps so that you can continue to take your steps as a person of prayer and that we as a church continue to take our next steps together as people who pray. So let's just talk a little bit about where that uncomfortable praying with other people, where that might come from. So the first thing I wrote down is just that we live, we live very private lives. And this isn't a bad thing. It's just we live private lives. We, we expect privacy. Uh, we offer privacy to other people as, as a gift to them. Nobody lives like just way out in their front yard all the time. We generally keep to ourselves. And, and it's, a, it's respect to offer privacy to other people. And it's normal to want to be private. And when we pray, um, some of that privacy, some of those walls come down and we pray with other people. Uh, feels like maybe we're allowing them to invade our privacy or maybe like we're invading their privacy. And so maybe there's some discomfort for you about privacy. Um, sometimes we just have legitimate fears about it. Two of the most common fears are public speaking and the fear of doing something dumb when you're in a group social setting. And so praying out loud 
it gives you the opportunity. I mean, other people are there and they're listening. And so you're kind of in a public speaking setting and you are certainly giving yourself an opportunity to look or feel awkward around other people. And so that can cause some anxiety when you think about praying out loud with others. Or, or maybe you've been exposed to some groups of people praying together and somebody shared a prayer request or prayed about something that was way more information than you were interested in having. Or maybe somebody prayed on and on and on about something that maybe you weren't as interested in or you were done praying with them shortly after they got started and you're afraid of being captive to somebody else's long pontifications. Maybe that's a fear for you or Maybe you've experienced or seen something that just kind of weirded you out and you don't want to find yourself either in or back in those kinds of circumstances. There's, there's some legitimate fears that we have when we think about praying together. Another discomfort we have, we're just as a people, we're easily embarrassed. And when we get outside of our comfort zone or away from our skill sets that we know that we're proficient, um, we can be really sensitive. And so maybe you're new to praying with other people, or maybe you're new to prayer uh, altogether. And so the thought of, of doing something where you don't feel like you're very good at it, maybe that makes you a little bit uncomfortable. You don't want to feel embarrassed. You don't want to feel embarrassed in front of other people. Or maybe you've always believed and you were raised to believe that matters of faith are private and your prayers have always been private and you're just not sure how well it will go if you have to articulate your thoughts. And so you've avoided praying with other people because you don't want to be embarrassed. I mean, that's very understandable. We also, as, as a people in our culture, another thing that may cause discomfort in praying together is we resist vulnerability. And this is not the greatest quality, but it is a necessary one in the world that we live in. You know, not every person is safe for us. And so we have to keep the walls up around our heart a little bit. We keep our hearts closed off from other people. And and one of the things that we know is when we pray, um, our walls around our heart come down and, and we're letting other people into parts of our lives maybe that we're not sure they're safe. And so that gives us the option of either taking a risk and letting somebody in, we're not sure they're safe, or we fake it. And faking it doesn't seem like a great option either when you're praying with other people in prayer, so you just don't get involved. There's another, like we're busy. This is another reason people struggle to pray together. We're busy. Our schedules are jam-packed. Most of our energy is already poured in other places. Most of us would say we have a hard enough time finding the space in our life, the time and the energy to have personal prayer time, much less adding to that a time when we're getting together with other people. And it's just a barrier for us. And so there's all these different things. And if you're like me, you know, one or two or more of them, one of them made you, like they just resonated with you. And then to that, I would add this last one. We're not convinced that it's worth leaving our comfort zone. That we just haven't been convinced that praying with other people, praying together is worth leaving our comfort zone, walking into what we don't know, what we're not sure of. And this is the last week of this prayer season, this series. Each week we've talked about some things that could be next steps for us in becoming people of prayer. And I'm betting that for a lot of us, this, this thought of praying together, praying out loud with other people, it doesn't feel like a small step. Maybe this one feels like a really big step 
for you, um, more like a leap of faith. And so I just want to I just want to acknowledge that that for a lot of us we're we're talking about starting where we are and taking next steps. And as you as you get ready to take a leap of faith into praying with other people, I just wanted to let you know that there is something of eternal value in this for you and for the people that you pray with. And if you'll take this leap of faith, God's going to honor your obedience and he is gonna reward you and you'll be really glad that you pressed through the discomfort. So as I was preparing for this talk, I wrote down this goal for us. What I hope we accomplish in our time together is that Christian people who are hesitant about praying together would give it a fair try with some of their Christian friends. That's the goal for today is that you would be willing to give this a fair try with some of your Christian friends. So I would, what I wanna do is show you a few things from the Bible that I think are going to give you the courage to plow through some of the fear that you're feeling or the discomfort or the embarrassment and give this practice of praying with Christian people a chance in your life. So let me read our verse for today again. It's Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 and 20. Jesus says, again, Truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. So the context of this statement, when Jesus first spoke these words, he was actually talking to his followers about conflict resolution in the church and how when someone refuses to own their own sin, how they refuse, when they refuse to participate in reconciliation, how the people who are involved directly are to behave themselves in those moments and also giving the church some spiritual authority and permission to speak into the lives of people who are refusing to own their own sin, who are contentious, who are hanging on to being right and who are causing a mess in the relationships within the church. And what Jesus says in the verses preceding this, he says that the decisions that people in the church make together in situations like these are affirmed and have the authority of heaven behind them. And when the person who is contentious and causing disunity in the church, when they have been dealt with by the church, when they repent and when they come back and when they're ready to live in harmony with their brothers and sisters in Christ, then what the church agrees to as they come back repentant, what the church, when the church turns loose, maybe some of that discipline or correction that has been spoken into their lives, whatever the church loosens, also has the authority and the affirmation of heaven. And so the verses before these ones we just read are about conflict resolution. And Jesus is saying, hey, what you guys decide together has impact not only in the physical world, but also in the spiritual world. And then he seems to, he seems to um, restate and then also expand this idea of what Christian people do, pray, decide together about, like he expands the scope of the effectiveness of that. Again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything, so when we agree about anything in prayer, what we ask for, it will be done for us by our Father in heaven. And so this is the first thing that I hope gives us 
courage to press through the discomfort and maybe some of the fear we experience in praying together is that when we agree in prayer, God has obligated himself to act on our request. When we agree with each other in prayer, God has obligated himself. We don't obligate him, but he has obligated himself. And he says, hey, if you guys will agree in prayer, I will act in response to that request. And so you know, I'm pointing to these verses in these words in verse nine that if you agree about anything, that's at the first part of the verse. And those are really important words. And when you and I are praying together and we're praying from our new hearts, we're letting our new hearts lead us. We talked about that last week. When we're praying together from our new heart, God says that what we ask him in agreement, he's willing to do. And so there's this importance and effectiveness in our prayer when we're agreeing together. So we keep pointing at those words that agree about anything. But if you go a little farther down, verse 20, Jesus is saying three more words that are really important for us. It's the three words, in my name. Because we're not, we're not hearing from God that we've just been given this blank check. So just by way of illustration, if Marie and I were to agree together in prayer, uh, asking God that we would win a lottery, that's not the kind of thing that God has obligated himself to, to do for us. This statement, in my name, that Jesus says, one of the most um, helpful illustrations that I can think of to kind of grab on what this idea of in my name means. So if I were to ask you to introduce me to your boss and you wrote an email introducing me to her and, and I was able to schedule some time with her and I went, like the time I spent with her, I was able to ask her, you know, about like, hey, what are your habits that have led to success in your work life or or what do you do that helps you with your work-life balance? Or I was able to ask her about something that was, that was like, what do you see as the major needs of the city of Rochester? So that, that I as a faith leader, we as a church could maybe speak into or step into those kinds of things. If, if I scheduled through you, if I scheduled a meeting with your boss and asked those kinds of things, you would have a conversation with your boss and you would talk about how glad you were to be able to make that connection. But if you scheduled, like if you introduced me to your boss and I came to that meeting and I said, I asked your boss for money for the church, or I asked your boss to participate in a multi-level marketing scheme. When you found out what I had talked to your boss about, you made the introduction, but you would be distancing yourself from me because you would have never thought that I would, I would use the introduction you made to ask for those things that were so self-centered and inappropriate in the framework of that relationship, I would, have, I would have come based on your introduction, but I wouldn't be asking your boss in your name. And so if that maybe makes a little more sense to us, like what Jesus has introduced and made the way for us to approach the Father, but for us to approach him and ask for things that are not anything that he's interested in, it's important if we agree about anything in his name, God the Father is obligated to, he's obligated himself to answer what we've asked. Now, if you've been with us for these last several weeks, this promise that God will answer, hear, answer, and do what we ask him in Jesus' name, it sounds an awful lot like the other promises that we've been talking about when we've been talking about just praying by ourselves. 
So there's something about praying together that is through the scriptures that you and I get that this is different. Praying together is different. God's obligation and the way he works is different when we pray together. And to, so let me give you the second point. When, when God promises that he'll act on our agreed upon requests, um, we get to experience God's kind of math. And I stole that line from somewhere else. I can't remember where I first heard it or read it, but the idea comes from a couple places in the Old Testament. And I wanna show you this one from Leviticus. It's the third book of the Bible. It's early on in Leviticus chapter 26, verse eight. God's speaking to his people. And he says, five of you will chase a hundred and a hundred of you will chase 10,000 and your enemies will fall by the sword before you. And there's just this, this exponential multiplication of the effectiveness. If five of you are gonna chase a hundred, a hundred of you chase 10,000, those numbers, if you just kind of do a little bit, what God is saying and all that, it's not a math problem. What he's saying is when, when you're together, when you're agreeing together, there are things that I do for you that, that multiply exponentially. And so while when we pray alone, he does, he hears and he answers our prayers. And when we pray together, he hears and multiplies exponentially the effectiveness of our prayers uh, that we pray together. And when I read something like that or hear a statement like the one I just made, I don't ask why a lot in my faith journey. I have a pretty simple faith and I can hear things and kind of take them for granted, take them to heart. But this kind of promise, this kind of statement, I do find myself asking why that we would experience or receive exponentially more when we pray together than we will when we pray alone. And so I wanna offer you two reasons that, that I'm pretty sure about. These aren't the only two reasons, but these are probably the ones I'm most sure of as to why God would give us or allow us to receive exponentially more when we pray together. The first one is connected to last week. You know, when we talked about um, how there is this biblical connection between our faith, our confidence, uh, our boldness when we come to God and his willingness to respond and answer our prayers. And when we pray together, there's this, you know, we don't have like God gives us faith. It's not something we conjure up within ourselves. But when we pray together, we call out of each other the faith that God has given to us. Best I can, it's kind of like working out together. If you work out with somebody else, you'll find that there's more inside of you than you knew that you had. And as you work out and as you press forward because you're working, with, working out with somebody else, you're willing to give more than you've been willing to give when you're just working out by yourself. And I think that's kind of what happens to us when we pray together is we, we stir up and we help each other find faith that we didn't know we had. And we encourage each other to be willing to offer that to the Lord in prayer. And he comes and he responds to that for us. And so I think the first reason is when we pray, it helps us pray with all the faith. When we pray together, it helps us pray with all the faith that God has given to us. And then the second reason why is because God wants his children to be together. And so he rewards us for it. Throughout the scriptures, God is very clear. He wants his people to be together and not just together in one place. 
in one room, he's talking about unity. He's talking about being in agreement, being in harmony with each other, putting the lesser differences aside and aligning our hearts over things like hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. About provide for us our daily bread. Forgive us, lead us, guide us in the ways that we should go. When we put the other things that divide us aside and focus in and agree on those kinds of things, God rewards us because he wants his children to be together. So back in 2008, 2009, the economy was in the tank and the church I was part of at that time was hurting financially and a few of us started meeting on Wednesday mornings to pray. We met from 6.30 to 7, and we were specifically praying for each other and for our church, and church finances particularly. And almost to the month that we started that little prayer gathering, our offerings at the church increased by $3,000 a week. That was a more than 10% bump for us at that point. There were no sermons on giving there were no pleas, there was no communication, there was no request to people asking them to give. All we did was pray. And they were the same prayers that I know that I was praying by myself prior to our meeting together. And I'm pretty sure it was the same prayers that this group was praying by themselves, but the Lord withheld the answer for us. He waited to answer our prayer for provision for our church until we started praying together. It was the most amazing thing. And then as we began to pray together, because we were experiencing God's kind of math, one of the, the other things that happened for us were these guys that they were just acquaintances in our church. For me, I, I knew them, some of them I met at the prayer meeting, but over a little bit of time, because we were praying together, these guys they became like spiritual friends and they became brothers and God gave us this amazing gift of, of deep friendship on top of providing for our church, which was the reason that we came together. So God is willing to obligate himself to us when we pray together in a way he hasn't obligated himself to us when we pray by ourselves. And so it's really important for us to be people who, who pray together. And then here's the third thing from these verses. When we pray together, we enjoy the presence of Jesus in a unique way. Um, Jesus said it, where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. And as a Christian person, you're never alone. God is always with you. He's really clear about that for us in the scriptures. He'll always be with us. He never leaves us. And you've probably experienced times in your life when you're very aware of the presence of God, of his attention on you in your life. And so it's not like Jesus is not around, and then we gather together to pray, and all of a sudden he's here and he's around with us, but he's with us when we pray together in a way that's different when we pray alone. So I was reading, trying to find some help explaining all this, and I found this quote by Matthew Henry, and I really like it. I hope it's helpful to you. What he writes about this verse, he says, where his, speaking of Jesus, where his saints are, his sanctuary is, and there he will dwell. It's his rest. It's his walk. He's in the midst of them to quicken and strengthen them, to refresh and comfort them as the sun in the midst of the universe. And so let me offer you some ideas because this praying together thing is incredibly valuable for you spiritually and it's incredibly valuable for us as a church if this is part of the fabric and the foundation of who we are. Let me offer you some ideas for some next steps 
and then I'll give you our reflection and discussion questions. So, so maybe you could start praying together by praying for your meal. When you're gathered, if you're, if you're family or when you're with another Christian person, you could pray uh, when you're eating together. Or you could be praying, if you're the grown-up, you could be praying instead of having your kids pray over mealtime. And so that allows you to practice voicing prayers. Or maybe you ask a Christian friend to pray with you once a week for the next six weeks and just see what happens. You know, maybe if you're both beginners or intermediates at this, you'll, you can kind of walk into the awkward together and just see what God does with that. Um, if you're in a life group or if you're in a care group, and particularly if you lead that group, I'm asking you to make prayer an important piece of what you do together. And maybe that means you reduce the amount of time you spend on content so that you can give some more time for praying. Because I know, I know that if we'll start where we are and take our next steps, we'll be really glad that we're building this kind of prayer, praying together into the foundations of our individual lives and also into the life of our church family. So can I pray this for you? Will you please bow your head and close your eyes with me? Heavenly Father, thank you again for this incredible gift of prayer and thank you for the gift of Christian people to pray with. I know for myself and for, for most of us who are participating in this right now, this is, there's a little bit uncomfortable for us in this. And so I pray that you just be whispering to our hearts, it's okay, take your next step, um, come forward, call us forward in faith, call us forward in this next steps of prayer. And we believe that you will, you will hear and you will answer and we will experience things that have not been part of our lives before when we're kind of keeping this part of our faith to ourselves. So may we be a church that prays with each other and prays with our fellow Christian people in our circles of influence. And Jesus, this is all because of you. So we ask these things in your name, amen. All right, so let me give you a few questions to um, reflect on, discuss. The first one is to pronounce this really long word. See if you can pronounce it. Um, I had to struggle. So the second, which of the reasons people are uncomfortable with praying together resonated with you? And the ones I mentioned there, or if you have something of your own, that I didn't mention, um, which of the benefits of praying together are you most interested in experiencing? And I'm curious if you've, there are any of those benefits you've already experienced as you've prayed with other people. Um, third question, how would you describe or define praying in Jesus's name? What is that, how do you understand that? Fourth, what are some ways experiencing Jesus's presence with others would be different with him than being when you were with I'll try that again. What, what are some ways experiencing Jesus's presence with others would be different than him being with you when you were alone? And then fifth, what do you see as a next step for yourself or for your group of Christian friends? Because if you'll take that next step, God will meet you. He'll meet your faith with his faithfulness and you will enjoy um, the benefits and the blessings of being people who pray with one another. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Thanks for being with us today. I will see you soon. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you know of any needs in our church and in our community, please reach out as we want to help. You can either contact the church office or go to the service opportunity tool on our website. We'll work with you to figure out how CCC can help. 
Thank you for choosing Christ Community Church Online for your church experience today. See you next time.